Hello, welcome to the podcast at For All Our Kids. You are listening to our Teacher to Parent segment, where we discuss topics relevant to education in India. So are your kids back in school? How are they finding it? How are you finding it? Since it's back to school time, you've probably been checking out the neat and crisp books, ironed uniforms, and shiny shoes as you prepare your child for the new school year. Some kids were probably excited to be with their friends while others split up into different sections. Does your child like the new teacher or are there daily groans? Well, it's an exciting time as a new set of kids come together and build a cohesive classroom community. There will be ups and downs in the first month or two as they adjust to each other and to the new teacher's classroom management techniques. We asked several primary teachers how parents could help make this transition smooth for their children. When an overwhelming majority said parents should take a step back, we asked them to explain themselves. And this is what teachers want parents to know. When kids return to school for the new academic year, it is a time of numerous changes. They have to deal with new classrooms, benchmates, routines, materials, more challenging coursework, and a new adult who expects more from your child because they've moved up one level. The class teachers know that students need time to adjust to all that is happening in their lives right then. Remember, they also have to hit the ground running, so teachers work hard to get into a routine and stay on top of the syllabus. Will there be glitches? Yes, of course. And they want parents to be patient and wait for things to iron out. Teachers want parents to step back rather than step in to solve their kids' problems. Why? Because that's how the child learns the skills to become independent. Again, why? Because independent kids show confidence, initiative and competence. Teachers see many children who show learned helplessness. These are not children who have difficulty following directions or cannot do a job because of a disability or processing disorders. These children have never done things for themselves because their parents would do it for them. You normally get a list of things that teachers want parents to do, but here's a list that teachers want you to stop doing. Number one, stop getting children's uniforms ready for them. Yes, you can guide them to prepare things at a younger age, but wean your support so that they can learn to organize it themselves. They should dress themselves, be it zipping up, buttoning or tying laces. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it must be their work. Number two, stop packing their school bags and lunch bags. Kids who don't have practice getting their backpacks ready won't be able to do that at the end of the day in school. They will not bring back their homework, textbooks or study guides. That means they won't have their materials ready when it is time to study for a test. Number three, stop doing their homework. You're not helping your child by doing their homework or projects. It is unfair to your child because they won't learn when you do their work. It is also unfair to the kids who worked on their projects independently. I have to share a personal anecdote here. A parent had posted her project ideas on a mommy group, offering to sell her water cycle chart. And I commented, shouldn't it be the child's work? Her response, no, kids can't do all this on their own. Would you like to buy it? And therein lies the problem. 
Of course kids can do it. In education, it's the process, not the product. Their water cycle chart may not look as neat, but they would have learned much if they had created their own chart. Number four, stop feeding your child. Teachers and classroom helpers won't sit with your child, feeding them at lunchtime. One teacher reported that a six-year-old didn't know how to take the food to his mouth. What did he do? He lowered his face to the lunchbox and took a bite just like an animal would do. Number five, stop calling the teacher in those first few weeks unless it's a true emergency. The teacher is aware of the new classroom dynamics and does everything to help students adjust. The child is not yet familiar with the timetable and there may be conflicts with peers. It takes time for the teacher to get to know the new students and their strengths and weaknesses. Give all of them their space. Number six, stop talking about the teacher in the child's presence. Yes, many kids come to school and say, Teacher, my mother said you are. A child who is already struggling with anxiety may get even more stressed by overhearing negative comments about the teacher. As a result, the child sees every little constructive criticism as proof that the teacher doesn't like them. Number seven, stop hiding or fixing the child's mistakes. When you do that, you tell the kids that their work doesn't meet your expectations. Making mistakes is part of the process of learning. When children learn to correct their errors, they understand where they went wrong and remember to do it right the next time. You take away their opportunity to learn when you correct their work. Number 8. Stop comparing your child with others, unless you're worried about a delay in their milestones. This is where that quote on all parents' tongues, every child is unique, fits in beautifully. If your child's work is different, so be it. If you think the result is below age level, work on finding help so they learn better. Number nine, stop taking your child's version as the only truth. We all know we must stand up for our children, but when there are conflicts with their peers, they may not tell you the whole story. When you call or complain to the teacher and head teacher, try to understand the bigger picture and meet them halfway to teach kids how to resolve the matter. Some problems don't need adult intervention. Kids should be able to figure these out on their own. Your role is to listen to your child vent. Otherwise, do not interfere. Number 10. Stop getting into fights with other parents about how your child is the best. Parents' quarrels affect children in the classroom. Teachers reported that some parents ask other students for their test papers and projects. Then, these parents find fault with the teacher's assessment or remarks and want them to reassess their kids' work. This is unhealthy for all the people involved, kids and adults. Number 11. Stop hitting your child because they don't meet your unrealistic expectations. If your child is struggling in school, find ways to help their learning. Once you do that, accept that your child is doing the best they can. We wish all the kids, teachers, administration and parents an enjoyable and successful back-to-school time after the chaos of the past few years. And this is the end of today's episode. Come back next week for more at For All Our Kids. Until then, goodbye from all of us here at For All Our Kids. For All Our Kids.